best church in the world. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Newcomer the Worship Center, you all came in and you all showed out. Do you hear me? Y'all did that. Amen. Well, um, oh, that's, I know they like it. The photos are absolutely amazing of some of the shots and stuff. Brother Steve won Best Dress Dressed That's a little recap. I'm telling you, we had an awesome time last night. Absolutely amazing. So we appreciate everybody from last night, everybody that had opportunity to come out and fellowship, everybody that sold and made the event possible. It was absolutely amazing. I'll take a couple moments. All right, they're going to announce I'm just about to get that. There it is. Baptism candidates class. If you are, if you have never been baptized and you would like to be baptized, uh, we will have baptism candidates uh, to be in class on October 13th at 9 a.m. Um, in order to uh, give you some understanding of what uh, baptism is and so that you can be prepared for that day. And that is just a class. We'll set the date at a later time. Uh, that will be October 13th. All candidates, please be in the overflow room uh, for that particular class. Give your name if you're going to be there. To Jerry or Reggie's Mary or someone within the uh, class and follow someone so they'll know who's going to be attending. Amen? Amen. Just meet that day and night in. We'll be all good. All right. Um, we have a new member that has completed the members class. This certifies that Miranda Smith has completed the required course of study approved by the Board of Education and therefore entitled to board membership in the Covenant Worship Center. Presented today, amen, in the Covenant Worship Come on, Sister Miranda! Because leadership has not handled the sheep properly. 
right. um, because a lot of shepherds have not been trained, yeah. taught, or actually even been called of God. And, and they find themselves in a position that God may not have called for them to operate in. And so we want to be able to encourage and, and, and help people to have a better understanding as they go into the body of Christ and as they begin to seek out where should I fellowship, you know, where should I begin to um, uh, learn the word of God, where should I be in a place where I can grow and I can begin to understand what God has planned for my life. Uh, I think that when we get that understanding, it'll better help us because you don't want to make a bad decision or the wrong choice when it comes to a church home because it can be harmful and hurtful down the line. Yeah. Uh, and so it's important that you're in the right place so that you can flourish, gain all that you can, and grow to the potential in the uh, place that God desires for you to grow at. Um, and so today, we're going to conclude and we're going to talk about John chapter 10, uh, the Good Shepherd. And, but I'm God is so hilarious. He has such a sense of humor. <laughs> Did you all know we preached last Sunday and we talked about the sheep and we gave sheep characteristics and we, we talked about it. We broke the sheep down. They social skills, you know, how they need to be in the flock. I mean, the word was amazing. If you missed it, go to the podcast. You want to definitely listen to last week's word. But I got a text Monday afternoon. I'm walking in the jewel. Got off work. And Minister Toro hit me up. He said, man, you see the news? It was a sheep in Chicago. I said, oh, I see you playing. I said, no, I see you playing, man. He said, no. It was on the news. A sheep was loose in Chicago. I said, man, God, you, 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 I mean, you're going to help me preach this thing. If, if I didn't want to preach it, you're going to help me preach it. I mean, you sent a whole sheep away. Nobody, 
<laughs> but I just want you guys to see. We're going we're gonna, to we're talk you through it. This is on 32nd and Horn, they said. So how he got there, he was probably in a truck, in a trailer being transported. This young lady was the first one that saw the sheep. She was on her morning walk. I told you, he, they sheep can run about 20 miles per hour. <laughs> he was moving out. He was going 20 miles per hour, he was moving out. This is good. Look, look, look who's coming to try to catch a sheep, the police. In a car. Y'all pay close attention to the video. Watch the video. Watch the video. You pay attention So, who did they send? Animal Patrol. They had to tranquilize him. Well, her, because it was a lamb. <laughs> there she is. So, She had named the sheep and everything. <laughs> she named the McKinley sheep the little bit. Oh my way. Brother Isaiah, uh, get the photo up of the animal pole once that video stops. So now, here we are in the middle of Chicago, a city area. Sheep are not known to be in the city, so already the sheep is in foreign territory. Yeah. Yeah. So any, if you understand anything we've learned about sheep, anytime there's foreign territory that's unfamiliar with them, they're already in a frenzy, in a nervous state. Yeah. They're already in a place because they don't know what's going on. It's in an environment that they're not familiar with because we found out that uh, sheep are common or accustomed to areas that they're familiar with that they've grown to because we found out, look, how good that memory is. They can remember over 50 faces for up to two years uh, based on a study that they begin to do. And so here in this particular clip, this sheep is lost. Wandering, trying to find a place to graze. Trying to find a place to have a pasture, to, to get some green pasture because he's seeking out a place where he can sustain life in an unfamiliar territory. And he's in a position where this area is not conducive for him to be to him to sustain life. Because this is a city area and he's in a truck lot. Because apparently they said that he may have been in a shipment or been in a load on a trailer and he may have gotten loose and nobody knowed until, hey, they found out he walking around the, ship, the, uh, the, the truck yard lost. Now notice in the clip, the first thing it pulls up because when there's an animal that's loose and our natural instinct in the city in our particular culture and environment, the first thing you're going to call the police. Because now this particular animal can pose a threat or a hazard to other people. So they call the police. The police show up in a car. Now what can a car do to catch a sheep? <laughs> because all he's going to do, because what sheep are in their nature to do is to what? Flee. <laughs> when there's a threat, they flee. So now this, this police car presents a threat and, and, and the sheep continues to run around. Next thing that pulls up is animal patrol. 
control comes out and they have what they call as an animal pole. Now this animal pole, if you've seen uh, animal control in operation, they use this to catch animals. You know, whether a stray dog, uh, you know, a raccoon, you know, something that may be a threat to, you know, to, to the environment, to people. Um, and they use this, and this can, this can be, uh, this loop can be stretched out to about 60 inches. Why? So they use that, they pull that, and notice in the video, he had had an animal loop, an animal pole, trying to catch a sheep. But an animal pole is not used to catch sheep. He needs a stack. With a crook. See, they were not in position to have the right tools necessary to catch a sheep because they were coming up against an animal that they didn't have any experience with. Because when we get to the scripture, they were acting as the hireling. Only a sign based on the pay. See, when animal control come out, they can't pay through your taxes of the city of Chicago. And so, they are representing the hireling because they don't have a concern for the sheep. When we get to John 10, tell you this thing going to bless your whole life. I'll pay you a picture today, baby. So, they're using the animal pole to try to catch the sheep. But every time, as you saw in the video, the sheep kept outrunning the person with the pole because this doesn't look like a staff. I believe if he had a staff, it could have made the sheep come more controllable because it would have been something that he would recognize. And not as a threat, but something as a comfort because that's what the staff wants. To comfort and console. I'm going to preach this thing like I'm doing today. So listen. He's trying to get the pole. The animal pole doesn't work. You see him trying to hold it out. He's trying to catch it. She just playing. He just playing. He ran up like a train because he's more apt and mobile than a human is. Because he already got an advantage because he's on four legs. He's got four legs. So, and he can get into areas that this man can't. So now, when the animal pole doesn't work, I need backup. Because I've got to maintain and get this sheep stabilized and get him out of this truck yard. Because not only is it dangerous for other people, but it's also dangerous for the sheep because the truck can go in and run at your boat. He ain't there with tractors, you know, 18 wheelers. You know, you, he ain't no match for that now. I know he can run pretty fast, but that tractor gets loose. And, you know, you back it up on the wrong thing. You know, you back on, he gonna he dig through, he gonna get crushed. So what they bring in next, brother, I said, bring up my next pit picture, the tranquilizer gun. So when you saw the man from Apple Patrol crouched down, He's looking for a clean shot. Yeah. Because they've exhausted all their methods because they're hired. Come on. See, hirelings are not concerned about comforting you. They're only concerned about catching you and dating you and to use you for their benefit. I wish I had somebody to do the scripture. And so now, here it is. They had to go to the next level. So here he comes with the tranquilizer gun because all they, they can't figure out a way to catch the sheep because they're in a city environment and sheep are not prone to this environment and they never operate or even had an opportunity to even go after chasing the sheep. Right. I've never heard of a sheep loose in a city environment. Right. To my knowledge, at least not in Chicago either. Right, right. So here it is. The sheep is loose, so they're not familiar. They're not familiar. So now they had to call back up. Here they come with the tranquilizer gun. Now the tranquilizer gun if you get a clear shot, 
Oh, it's going to knock you down. <laughs> because the tranquilizer gun has uh, something in it that's going to now go into the bloodstream of what it penetrates. And it's going to subdue, and it's going to calm down, and it's going to put that thing at ease. It's not going to kill it, but it's just going to give it just enough to take it out of the place where it's a threat to other people. So the enemy tries to put you in a place and make you think like you did. <laughs> make you think like you can't get back up because he's tried to paralyze you with a tranquilizer he's tried to numb you with a tranquilizer he's tried to numb you with that pain with that issue, with that torment with that bad relationship, with those bad kids with those issues and those things that come about when all the stuff is going on your job he's tried to tranquilize you, make you think you can't rise up again or get back up, but you have to understand when God comes in he has the formula that overrides tranquilizer which is the blood of Jesus so the blood can wash away and cleanse the many things in my bloodstream that was trying to kill me. Because if I give you too much tranquilizer, it can't take me out. Oh, Jesus. So I have to give only a, a certain amount because you can't overdose. So now, they got him subdued and captured. Put him in a place and they get ready to they find him a place or whatever to get him where he can go and be in his environment <coughs> so that he can live and be maintained. Amen? Amen? So we saw that. Now, let's see how Jesus deals, how he operates as the good shepherd. Let's go to John chapter 10. Keep in mind what we just saw once we read John chapter 10. I'm going to be in the amplified version today. John 10, Amplified. Y'all ready? Amen. It's going to bless your whole life. <laughs> John 10, we've, we've read this a thousand times. You've heard it. We're going to read it again today. We're going to get some better understanding even more because of what we learned about Psalms 23. John 10, Amplified, verse 30, verse 1. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up from some other place on the stone wall, that one is a thief and a robber. Amen. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, the protector and provider. The doorkeeper opens the gate for this man, and the sheep hear his voice and pay attention to him. And knowing that they listen, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out to pasture. When he has brought all his own sheep outside, he walks on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice and recognize his call. They will never follow a stranger, but will what? Run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Can I help y'all preach this video even more? <clears throat> Notice the young lady, it didn't give you sound, but if you heard it before you got here, the young lady named the sheep McKinley. Now, they could have been out there calling McKinley, but he, but she's not the shepherds of the sheep. So he can't respond to McKinley because that's not the name given by his shepherd. So that's why I don't care how much you call him to get into this place and to get into that place. He kept running away from that voice because the Bible says that a stranger, the sheep will not follow. Voice. They recognize facial features. They said they want to smile versus a brown. So 
sheep was in a position, in a vulnerable state, in a place where he could have been taken advantage of. And so now they were trying to capture him, but they didn't understand how. Because they didn't have a shepherd's heart. They didn't understand that actually they didn't let them into the gate. They nobody let them into the gate. And for the shepherd to come in, here it is, he's in unfamiliar territory. The sheep is lost. And so every time they try to call, they try to get to him, he's still running. He's still going about his business. I don't know your name. I don't know your voice. I can't respond to you. So this is why you have to understand, when the enemy tries to call you, and you know that ain't God's voice, when he tries to pull you into some stuff that don't look like God, that's when you got to know and understand, I'm not going to respond or answer to a call that's not my name. Sin, disobedience, rebellion, witchcraft, lying, cheating, stealing, that's not Jesus Christ's name. That's not a part of the good shepherd's characteristics. So when the enemy talks to you with that, you have to now rebuke it, and you have to not receive it, and you have to tell the enemy, He said, all who came before me as false messiahs and self-appointed leaders. 
the lake. Now you think that he got a lot of, you know, courage. He come out of his side chick to meet you. <laughs> no, she was a much older lady. He said, this is my mom. So, she said, okay. At that point, she said, something told her, she said, you know what, I should just cancel the date and not go. Because she doesn't already have to pick him up. And the joke comes out with his mama because he finds out he lives with his mama. Move forward with the relationship or should I go? Run! 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 Run
something that's going to hinder you, that's going to poison you, that's going to not grow you, that's going to not mature you, that's going to not increase you, that's going to not bring you to your next level. This is why they dumb you down and teach that little small stuff to you and keep you on milk. No, you need to get some meat in your life, baby. I need Genesis to Revelation. I don't need a three-point sermon that's going to hoop and holler and I spin in a circle and you go home and still don't understand what a red flag looks like. Like. He says, Oh my God. But the high man who really serves away who is neither the sheep, neither the shepherd nor the owner of the sheep, when he sees the wolf coming, what I tell you, deserts the flock and runs away. Wow. And the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. So Hyland, as soon as the threat comes in against him, he runs. <laughs> Like wolf coming after you every night. 
he right against you. What do you call it? Woofy behavior. Deacon Ryan, help me out. Can you just say it for me? Woofy behavior. It was what? Smelling woofy. They come in sheep clothes, but they smell woofy. That's Deacon Ryan's interpretation because that's what he's experienced in his past. They smell woofy. So anytime you start smelling woofy, and see when he starts smelling woofy behaviors, his discernment clicked in. He said, hold on now. This ain't looking like the shepherd who had the heart of the sheep a few years ago. Something's changed. Something has made a difference in what's going on. So he had to examine that. And he said, you know what? I gotta get out of this woofy behavior environment and get to a shepherd. And somebody's gonna love me and care for me. Somebody's gonna build me up and help me grow. Somebody's gonna lead me to tie those quiet, still waters in the green pastures. Y'all ready to go at y'all? Come on, y'all. Listen, we have verse 13. The man runs because he is a hired hand who serves only for wages and is not concerned about the safety of the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know without any doubt. Those who are my own and my own know me and have a deep personal relationship with me. So now I need to ask myself, do I have a deep personal relationship with God? Or is this thing just based on what he can do for me when I'm in trouble? Is this thing just based on what he can do for me when I need him? Do I have an actual deep relationship with him? Because a deep relationship with him would not be in a position where we see in the body of Christ now where many people who have been saved in the body of Christ 15 20, 25, 30 years, and now they're saying, oh, the Bible ain't real. God ain't real. Jesus ain't real. What have you been doing for the past 30 years? I would think that if what I've been doing for the past 30 years has been working for me, why would I want to change right now? Why would I want to disrupt my life right now? If you live all these years under the blessings of God, and now you want to say God ain't who he says he is? What devil has tranquilized you and subdued you and put you in a position to make you think that Jesus is not real? Baby, I love him.